The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 115. Japan's birth rate is so low that there are more adult diapers sold than baby diapers. Looks like it's time to start exporting Depends. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is the person who will always drive me to the emergency room when I need it, and I'll always drive her when she needs it, my wife and constant travel companion, Heather. Hey, Heth. Hi, everyone. And guys, Heth, you brought up that last episode Friday. I was a bit rambly on the intros. I re-listened to it. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I spoke for that long. So we are going to tighten up these intros and we have you to thank for that, Heth. So let's just go right through this. Today's episode is going to be about what to do when you get sick or injured when traveling. And this is very appropriate for us because we have spent the last two days going to the hospital and pharmacy here in Thailand, right, Heth? Yeah, it's not been that much fun. Not been that much fun, but we're still recording a podcast. And if you have a suggestion for a show or topic, let us know at Pack of Peanuts or Trav at extrapackofpeanuts.com. Today was actually a recommendation from Mary, one of the EPOP super listeners. And then we decided, well, this is the perfect time to do this show. Also, we've got a new blog design. So if you listen to the show through the website, make sure you can find that. You can go to extrapackofpeanuts.com and make sure you hit the podcast link at the top. You can listen to all the shows from there. Lastly, we're running the survey still. We will be closing the survey at the end of November. So if you haven't filled it out, get it in extrapackofpeanuts.com slash survey. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, what we can change. That'd be really important to us. And we're giving away a $50 Amazon gift card. So Heth, how was that? That was pretty quick. I like it. Nice and quick there on the intro, guys. Let's jump right into this topic and how we're going to break this down for you is we're going to first tell you why we're experts on this topic. That's because we have had some medical mishaps in a variety of countries across the world. And then we're going to give you some of our rules for what to do and the process to follow when you get sick or injured while traveling. The first thing we should mention is travel insurance. And this is an area that we are not experts in. Yeah, considering that we don't even have travel insurance at the moment. However, we do recommend that you get travel insurance. Yes, we are say as we do, not as... Not as we wait, do Do as as we say, say, not not as as we we do. do. Exactly. We do not have travel insurance at the moment, but you should always get it. We will be getting it for our next trip. And we do, we have heard great things from a lot of our traveler friends who usually go with world nomads. If you want to find that, you can go to our new resources page on the blog, and that's linked up there too. But world nomads is from what we've heard, far and away, the best travel insurance company. And that being said, if you don't have travel insurance, don't be too worried because healthcare is usually much cheaper in every other country besides America. 
Exactly. And that's one of the reasons we've, quote unquote, risked it so far. So let's run down the litany of injuries and things that we've had. And these stories will probably come out later in the podcast, but we want you to know why we're able to talk about this. So let's start with India. When we were in India, I got sick, nothing serious, just a common cold, but I didn't have any cold medicine with me. So we had to track down a pharmacy and somehow get whatever people in India use when they have a cold. So we've had to do that in India. In Croatia, Heather was having some severe neck issues and muscle issues. So we did have to go to pharmacies there to look for some medicines for that, as well as some of those neck pads and what do you call them? The things that that heat up. I guess they're just neck pads, stuff to rub on to, to relax your muscles. So we've had to do that in Croatia. Then in Japan, when we lived there for two years, we had quite a few ailments. A that laundry list of ailments. Um, I went to the dentist. We both went to the dentist. It was really cheap to get cleanings. I also got a root canal, which wasn't the best since it needs to be redone now, but... We've also both had plantar fasciitis, which is uh, an issue with your foot, so it makes it really painful to walk. Um, So we both had to deal with that at separate times, so we had to go to the doctor's I had to go at least three or four different times and go to the pharmacies and get medicines there. It seemed like I was worse for wear than you were in Japan. I then blew out. I had had knee surgery, but then I re-injured my knee in Japan. So it was swollen. I couldn't walk. I had to go to a knee doctor, I think the orthopedic, um, multiple, multiple times, probably eight to 10 different times in Japan, get my knee drained, get all this electrostimulation, all types of crazy stuff. And I also had an issue in Japan with my river shadow, which I didn't understand, but I had had that one night I had like severe pain when we were sleeping, like curled up in a ball and it felt like someone was literally stabbing me in the side. Yeah, I had actually forgotten about that. And then did you, you went to the hospital the next day? The next day it was, I couldn't sleep. I thought like my appendix had burst, but it was too high to be that. And I, I, it hurt so bad in my side and around my back. And so I went to the hospital the next day and they did like a CAT scan and all that stuff. They told me I had a river shadow. What they meant was I had a spot on my liver, but I couldn't understand them that well. We never did find out what it was. Yeah, I mean, it just went away. Eventually. And it you had, didn't like, even get any medicine or anything. It was very strange. I did get some medicine, but then it didn't, I don't know. But after like three or four days, it went away. So Also, in Japan, I was really sick that one time and my company made me go get that influenza test because in Japan, they take influenza, also known as the flu, very seriously. And if you have it, you can't go to work because nobody wants to get it because everyone works so hard if you go to work with the flu people are angry with you. So that was quite an experience as well. Like when I entered the hospital, I had to, I said, you know, can I get an influenza test? And as soon as I said the word influenza, everyone was freaking out. They handed me a mask to put over my face. They made me sit in like a quarantine section of the waiting room. It was wild. Yeah. And for two years in Japan, we we had some mishaps, but it was two years. So Some common stuff, some not so common stuff, but by far the country that has bit us the most when it comes to health issues for the little amount of time we've spent there, but the amount of time we've had issues is Thailand. Yeah. For as much we as love we like Thailand, it hasn't always returned our love. I mean, I crashed a motorbike. I actually didn't have to, I didn't go to the doctors for that, but I did rip up my side pretty well. Heather, we actually had an emergency room visit with Heather when she crashed her motorbike. Again, a story that may come out and has been in other podcasts, like our biggest travel mishaps. We had to go to the emergency, she had to go to the emergency room. 
get stitches. Yeah. And that was a few years ago. So I'd like to think that now that we're older, wiser, more careful, that emergency room visits won't be necessary. Hopefully not. And then this last couple days, we have been at the hospital and the pharmacy and things like that because Heather has had an eye inflammation. So we've had some issues here in Thailand. So those are the different kind of regions and places in the world and the things we've had to get done. Again, some of these stories might come out as we give you our rules, but we just wanted to prove to you, hey, we've had some problems here on the road. And so let's give these guys the general rules of thumb that we kind of follow about getting sick or injured on the road and how they can deal with it in the best way. Okay, yeah, sounds good. The first thing we always do, which is a good rule of thumb, is to be prepared and bring a few things with you. Some of the things that we always bring with us, and I say we, but I mean me, because I'm the one who's always going to the store, going to Target before we leave on a trip, stocking up on these items, and Travis is like, what did you spend at Target? Why was this bill so much? Yeah, Heather gets all the credit here. She gets my wrath when she comes home with a Target bill and I don't know what it's for. Then she explains to me, it's all these things that we, medicines and stuff that we bring with us and we don't have any prescription medicines, but obviously- Well, I have one, but I stock right. up on that in So obviously you'd want to bring that stuff, but here's general over-the-counter stuff that we always bring. So, Heather always brings, excuse me. <laughs> we always bring Tums, just they have travel size Tums. We get the Tums smoothies just because I've never really been able to find Tums anywhere else in the world. Tums have been a lifesaver on multiple trips. A few of the times that we haven't had to go to the doctor or pharmacy was when we've had issue with our stomachs, which has happened basically in Southeast Asia and India multiple times. But because we had Tums, we took them and they usually cleared it up after, you know, a half a day or a day. So we always bring Tums. I always bring Excedrin because I get pretty bad headaches and I find that there aren't too many good comparisons out there. So I always bring Excedrin. I always bring Ibuprofen PM. I always bring um, a small amount of NyQuil or DayQuil so I don't get the bottle, the liquid. I just get the tablets and I bring a few. They're great for even on the plane if you want to sleep and you don't want to take like an Ambien. You could take a NyQuil and it really does help. I also bring blister band-aids, which is a special kind of band-aid and it always comes in handy and some of our friends have even asked for them while we've been traveling. Because when you're traveling and you get a blister and it's like debilitating, right? Because most of the time you're walking around and you can find these band-aids and they're really good. I was appalled when Heather first bought these band-aids because they were, I mean, relative to other band-aids, super expensive. Yeah, I think they're they maybe like $4 for five of them. So they're almost like a dollar a band-aid. But of course, you're not using them all the time and they do last for a few days and they kind of just clear your blister right up. So it's a great invention. They are awesome. Yeah, we've given them to friends. Friends have loved them. They stay on even when you're in water and stuff. So blister band-aids are great. And the last thing we kind of bring is Neospore. And you can find this fairly easily in pharmacies. But that's kind of the six things that we like to at least pack with us. The Tums we've never been able to find and and the ibuprofen, PM, and NyQuil and DayQuil, as Heath said, you know, just nice to have, especially to kind of beat jet lag if you want something like that. Yeah, and like if that. you just have a common cold and you're not feeling well, then you already have some day quill and you don't have to go searching. Like when we were in India, I was feeling so miserable and all I wanted was some cold medicine and we had to tromp around Mumbai for like two hours just to find some darn medicine. This so, back alley pharmacy that, oh, it was, it was pretty funny. I mean, funny. it worked out in the end, but if you want to save yourself two hours of misery... 
just pack a few little essentials. I should mention one little thing. It's not exactly a medicine, but for guys, I always try to pack Gold Bond as well. It just helps. If you're a guy, you understand what I'm talking about. Let's get on to number two. The second kind of rule of thumb here. Don't be afraid of getting sick or injured in other countries. So we told you we bring those stuff with us, but almost even if you brought nothing, you can usually find stuff in other countries. No one likes to get sick or, or of course injured. But what we have found, and we've been through some, you know, Japan, a first world country, but India, Thailand, uh, Croatia, kind of India and Thailand, definitely not. We have found that the care given to you is is very good in most countries. Now, if you're going to obscure places or places that are a little more off the beaten path, maybe it's a, a little more of a concern. But I think a lot of people get worried about getting sick or injured all stuff and, and maybe over-prepare. But we found that the medical process runs fairly smoothly in other countries. Even just here in Thailand, we had to go to the hospital this last time for your eye. We were in and out in an hour. Yeah, it's it was a relatively easy process. We're very lucky that we're native English speakers because every hospital is going to have someone who speaks English. So we're just really lucky in that way. It was a pretty easy process. And even when Heather had to go to the emergency room in Thailand when she crashed her motorbike and her neck was gouged and she was bleeding, and we go to the <laughs> emergency room on an island on Copenhagen, so you know, not a big city or anything like that. We got you got phenomenal health care there. Yeah, and it was cheaper than up here in Chiang Mai. So Yeah, it was thirty three dollars for that whole emergency room visit and your antibiotics and, and stitches, stitches and, and a everything. tetanus shot. It was it was pretty crazy. But it was good health care. I mean it was super clean. Efficient. Efficient, all things like that. So don't be too afraid. Next, if you're starting to not feel well, it's best to just take it easy for a day or two. Don't make yourself feel bad. Don't try to push yourself too hard because that might just prolong your sickness. But just kind of try to take it easy. Maybe spend the day in your hotel or guest house. Watch some movies, read a book. I mean, that's what I did yesterday because my eye has a pretty bad infection and it's like painful to be out in the sun. So I kind and of... And it's very sunny here in Chiang Mai <laughs> in November. Very sunny. So I kind of just took it easy and, and didn't really go out too much. It does help if you have a husband or significant other who will like bring you a sandwich and, you know, get you medicine. So it is nice if you're traveling with someone, kind of take them up on helping you out. Yeah. And a lot of people want to go, go, go during their vacation. And that is understandable. But sometimes it's well worth it to take it easy for one day because then you're going to feel, you know, instead of it lingering for three, four or five days. So definitely a thing that we've learned and we kind of hit on on our Finding the Travel Sweet Spot podcast on Friday is sometimes you just have to relax and cause yourself to slow down a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because you get excited about traveling and you're in a new place and you're thinking about other places and you feel like there's so many places in the world to visit. But the truth is you're never going to make it to every place in the world. So just try to enjoy where you are. And we kind of know if we love it that much and we feel like we've missed out on something, maybe someday we'll come back. Maybe we won't. Maybe we will. But we try to not put pressure on ourselves. And I think a lot of people might make themselves not sick, but worn out when they travel by going so much, which naturally leads you to be more susceptible to these little nagging things that can happen. Obviously, an injury isn't going to happen because you're worn out. But, you know, a cold or something like that that can creep up when you're not taking care of yourself. Number four is use the people around you to make recommendations for where you should go for the hospitals or pharmacies or doctors or anything like that. We do this all the time. I mean, in fact, we actually yesterday asked the front desk here, 
you know, what hospital should we go to? Heather has an eye infection. Where should we go? And they gave us a recommendation in Japan. This was not everyone's going to be in this situation, but I had, you know, I was teaching English and I was in a school with two other English teachers who were native Japanese. And, you know, when I hurt my knee, I had no idea what to do. I mean, my knee was busted. I couldn't walk. I asked my one teacher and lo and behold, her dad was the orthopedist for the professional basketball and soccer team in our city. And so he spoke great English. He had lived in America. And so it was great. I'd go to him and get my knee drained and we'd talk about sports and I knew I was getting good care. So, you know, if you're worried and, and a lot of times if you're in a country where you don't speak the language, of course, it's going to be much harder to do, you know, ask the people around your hotel hostel front desk, anyone that you know, and try to get a good recommendation. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And we've used it all over the world, basically. Now, if you don't have someone that you can ask for a recommendation, your next best friend is Google. We rely on Google so much. I don't even know how people traveled before the internet. <laughs> but we go to Google and we just search, you know, what the problem is or what the best hospitals are. And there are so many forums out there that can help you when making decisions. I mean, of course, you're always going to be able to find a hospital nearby with or without Google. Google, right? But Google could save you money. For example, on this last time with my eye infection, you know, I was feeling pretty under the, the weather, but Travis being the frugal person that he is, searching online to find out how, much, .com, great how much should we be spending on this trip to the doctor? Actually, we, we said we asked the front desk of what hospital should, we should go to, but then I came back up here and was Googling and they mentioned some other hospitals. So we went to the ones that ThaiVisa.com recommended, just a forum for people living in Thailand. And it's amazing the amount of information out there. I just typed in eye doctors in Chiang Mai and it, you know, there's like three different threads. And so it was neat because not only did I get recommendations of people they were putting specific doctors, like I've seen this person and this person, and there's about four or five hospitals here right in Chiang Mai. And people were mentioning, well, St. Peter's is twice the price of these other ones. So it was, you know, having that knowledge was great before we set out because we knew which hospital to go to and which would probably be our cheapest, which then leads us into number six. And that's ask how much something's going to cost and what you're getting charged for. So if you don't know ahead of time, I knew from TyVisa.com, hey, maybe we should be paying somewhere in the range of 500 to 1,000 baht for this appointment and maybe a little bit of medication. Which is in US dollars. Which in US dollars is about 10 to 12, 500 30. is like 17, about 17 to 30 dollars, somewhere in there for this. And I had actually read that someone said they had gotten ripped off and they ended up paying 4,000 baht and people, which is in essence like $115. And people said, oh man, you shouldn't have been getting charged that much. So we knew that going in. So when we went to check out... So we went to check out and I, the doctor had prescribed three different eye drops for my eye and the bill came out to be like... 2,900 $2, baht, which is essentially a almost $100. It was $99. And Travis, of course, was irritated. I'm irritated, but my eye's killing me. So I'm thinking, what are we going to do? So we, we chose, like we asked them to itemize the medications and then gave us a really informative piece of paper in English describing the three medications and whatever. We chose to get the one there at the pharmacy at the yeah, so they pharmacy. had wanted us to get three different medications, and 
you know, the doctor bill itself was only, and the hospital bill was only 500 bots. So we're looking at about $17. $17 for like to go and to be checked by the doctor. And everything else of this 99 was these medicines. And we thought, wow, even, even in the States, now I guess you can pay a lot for medicines, but we just but thought for eye drops, that's pretty ridiculous. You're going to spend in, even in America at the most 30 to $40 and that's expensive. Yeah, so when we found out that it was the medicine that was costing roughly $75, we, we asked them. They wanted us to get three different ones. We said, which ones are essential? And I had actually, from the forum, as I mentioned before, written down what the guy had said that the doctor told him to get. And we saw a thing called Visalube, and it's like Visine, and they wanted to charge us like $30, $30 for it. And we said, can we get these at a pharmacy? Like outside the hospital. Yeah. And so this actually then leads us on to number seven. We'll just go right into that. And if it's expensive or if it seems exceedingly expensive, so again, use the form to find out how much, then figure out how much it costs by asking to itemize it. And then if it seems expensive, look for alternatives. We said, can we get this from a pharmacy? And the person, you know, at at the counter at the hospital said that we could, and so we decided to only buy the one eye drop there, which was... We asked her, what do you, what's the most essential one, basically? Right. And the most essential one was 600 baht. 20 bucks. 20 bucks. So we're like, okay, fine. We'll get this one here because I'm in pain and I need something immediately. And then if this one doesn't work, we'll go out to the pharmacy and get these other ones. So we did end up doing that. And then, you know, I used it all day yesterday and it didn't help at all. So of course I'm like, well, maybe we better go buy these other ones at the pharmacy. So this morning we went to a pharmacy right next to our hotel and we got these items for like 50% less The one was like 70% less. Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, they had the two items. They actually had the three items that we would have needed. So we didn't, if we had chosen not to get any of the medication, I mean, next time, hopefully this doesn't happen. But if it does, and we don't need medication right at that moment, we'll just go to the pharmacy because every piece of medicine at the pharmacy was at least 50% less than at the hospital. So in essence, what they were trying to charge us $99 for Seventeen dollars for a doctor visit, and then we, in essence, paid about thirty more for the medicine if we had got it all at the pharmacy. So we would be cutting our bill in half. Yeah. So I mean, sometimes if you're in a lot of pain, maybe you're not going to feel like doing this. But if you can handle waiting a little bit and doing a little more research, you can save yourself a bit of money. Well, and of course, sometimes you're going to be at a place where there aren't pharmacies. I mean, we're in the city of Chiang Mai, where there's plenty of pharmacies around. So sometimes they won't be there, so you don't have that option. But there's You know, I think it all just boils down to doing a little bit of research beforehand, knowing what you should pay so that you don't get ripped off. And I don't think they were ripping us off because we were foreigners and overcharging us. I just think that's how much stuff charges is at the hospital. And I don't know why it's twice as much, but that's just how it is. Yeah. So our last point then is just don't get too flustered or upset. This can go for travel in general. It's easier said than done. Yeah, but usually things will work out even if it's not exactly how you would do it in your home country. But for the most part, you know, it's it's going to be fine. And if you have someone with you, even if it's not a spouse, even if it's a friend, you know, ask them to come with you or ask them to run to the pharmacy for you or go with you. It just kind of makes it easier if you have someone with you. And if you don't, well, buck yeah. up, I guess. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. And what we've learned from all these experiences, I mean, you know, there were times in, in Japan, you know, when I had to get my knee drained, I was really upset because I I just 
you know, had surgery and, and it was the first time I played basketball over there. And I, I really heard, I thought I tore my ACL again. And, you know, it, I didn't know what to expect at all. And luckily I got to an English speaking doctor, but even then, you know, there's so much lost in translation and he's draining it and he's telling me to come back and it doesn't feel any better. And I'm thinking, would I get better medical care in the United States? But eventually, you know, things get done. And here in Thailand, you know, we had to go to the emergency room with Heth. And would there be geckos running around on the walls in America? Probably, Probably not. not. But, you know, they stitched her up and, and we didn't know exactly what was happening. And they didn't use anesthesia, did they? No, they did not. It was so a little that was painful. Pretty painful. It's pretty painful. But, I, you know, and, and they did a great job and the scars have gone away and stuff. So I think overall, if you don't get too upset or you're not putting, hey, this is exactly how it'd be done in my home country up against how it's being done, you're going to come away with, I wouldn't say, a good, I'm not going to say a good <laughs> experience because you're in the hospital or you're injured or you're hurt, but it's going to be okay. Yeah. And I mean, if you do get flustered and you do get upset, it's fine. Just roll with it. I mean, there was one time in Japan where I was trying to meet with my doctor for the first time and I, we didn't have a car at this point and I was going after work by train, got lost, couldn't find the right bus to get on, get to my doctor's office and they're closed. So I've completely missed my appointment and I have no idea how to get back to the train station. I was just like freaking out. I was so overwhelmed. I was so upset and I felt like this is the worst day that I ever had in Japan. And I'm like walking along this busy street trying to find the train station to get back to our house. And, you know, I was all alone and I started like freaking out and getting really flustered. And then finally I was just like, okay, it's not a big deal. You'll reschedule this appointment. I decided I'm just going to take a taxi and say like the name of the nearest train station because I had no idea which direction I was even walking in. And, you know, the taxi didn't even cost that much. I think it was like $6. I got to the train station. I got home and, you know, probably cried a little bit and moved on. Right. And then I knew where the doctor was the next time, at least. And another thing that we didn't mention is that the schedules may be different or kind of the process may be different than in your home country. For example, I remember with Japan, when I wanted to go get, when I had that really bad plantar fasciitis, I want to get my foot checked out. We went with a friend of ours who spoke Japanese and she's like, okay, do you want to go right now? And I thought, well, do we have to make an appointment? She's like, no, in Japan, you don't make appointments at the doctor. Like you just show up, you wait, you know, it, it, whenever it's your turn to go in, you go in. And to me, that was super surprising. Like you, you know, this wasn't an emergency visit where I'm just going to the ER. It was a regular general physician, but you just don't make appointments. You just go in. Now some... Well, with me, I was making appointments because I was seeing a gynecologist. Specialists. And he was recommended to me. He spoke English, but how I made the appointment was I directly emailed him in English and he would email me back with an appointment because no one at the front desk spoke English in this particular case. So especially with that night when I got there and it was like they were just closing down and, you know, we'd only been there a couple months. So I did learn a little more Japanese, but this time I hardly knew any and they couldn't speak any English and I was just so frustrated. Yeah, there's going to be times when you're frustrated. So just check the process. Like, do you need to make appointments at general practitioners? Do you not? Every country is going to be different. Again, that could be as easy as asking someone at the front desk or asking a friend who lives in that country or Googling it. But the less frustrated you get, the better. And that's with all travel, but especially when you're sick or and you're just not feeling well. It's so easy to just get so 
pissed off at the country you're in and think, I wish I was at home, which we all have done. Well, when I say all, me and Heather both have done, and we know that because we've seen the other. But it's easy, you know, you just want to try to keep your cool as much as possible. Let's recap for these guys then, just our little general rules of thumb for when you get sick or injured while traveling. So number one, always bring a few certain items with you, whatever it is you think you might need. Especially Tums. Those, I think, are the most important for us and our stomachs. Two, don't be afraid of getting sick or injured in other countries. The medical care in most of the places is probably going to be better than you expected. Number three, if you're starting to feel sick, just take it easy for a day or two. Yeah. Four is use people around you to make recommendations for the front desk, other travelers. A friend. A friend that's in that country. If you're there long term, you probably maybe you're teaching, you know, coworkers, anything like that. Number five, use Google and forums to help you find information. I love that one. I can't believe the amount of stuff you can put online now and just find stuff. Number six, ask how much something is going to cost and what you're getting charged for. On top of that, always kind of, if you do, Google beforehand so you know what you should be getting charged. Because with medical stuff... It's not it's not easy to know what a what a good price is. Yeah, and we forgot to mention when we were just at the hospital yesterday, they told us the amount of the bill, but they didn't even give us a bill. So I had to ask like what is what are all these charges? Like could I have an itemized bill? Exactly. Number 7, if it's expensive, see if there are other alternatives. If you're in Thailand, get your medicines from pharmacies, not from the actual hospital. And number 8 is don't get too flustered or upset. We know that's hard, especially when you're sick, but every time for us, things have worked out fine, even when it seems like they're doing stuff a lot different than we're used to. But that's that's kind of how travel is in general. Yeah. And in the end, I mean, we're pretty blessed to be able to travel and other people probably always have it worse off than you. So it's kind of hard to put yourself in perspective when you're not feeling well, but in the end, it's probably not as bad as... It feels. Yeah. And certainly don't let the worry of a medical issue or injury scare you from traveling. Now, I know there are people out there who have severe medical issues that might make it hard for them, but don't let that be a detriment to think, well, if I'm going to this country, what happens if this happens? Be a little prepared and know that it's probably going to be better than you thought. Because before we had ever been to Thailand, I mean, if someone has said, hey, Hath, you're going to end up in an emergency room in Thailand and get stitches you probably wouldn't have felt so comfortable. No, huh? I would not have. But having gone through it. But now we know they dress in those really cool outfits too. <laughs> so um, so there you guys have it. If you have any medical advice, if you've been sick or injured in other countries, let us know. You can leave us a comment on this podcast. You can find all the show notes at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods. You can check out our brand new web design if you haven't seen that yet. I think it's looking pretty good. Yeah, it's exciting. Little kinks to work out, but overall, the look is good. And this was a recommendation from Mary, who wrote me a crazy story, which maybe I'll have her, if she would be so kind, put it in the comments so you can read it too. Don't forget, we are looking for suggestions for topics and guests that you want us to to have on the show. We're over 110 episodes in, so you can let us know by emailing me, trav at extrapackofpeanuts.com. Or of course, you can tweet us at Pack of Peanuts. That'd be really helpful because there's a lot of topics up there out there that sometimes we don't think about. Like I wouldn't have thought of this topic, even though we've been the last two days in hospitals and pharmacies, unless Mary had brought it to my attention. So let us know there. And guys, we're still running the survey. So the survey is running half until the end 
end of November. We've got lots of good feedback. Yeah, it's been really helpful and informative for us. And some lucky winner will get that $50 Amazon gift card. It's yeah. almost Christmas. So there you I'm go. sure you'll be able to spend that in some fun way. Yeah, either treat yourself or treat a friend or treat a family member. You can get to the survey by extrapackofpeanuts.com slash survey. That will be ending the last day of November. So get in before that. As always, guys, thank you so much for the support. Thank you for making this a top 100 podcast on iTunes. That's the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. I'm not surprised. You're yeah. a pretty good podcast host. I think it's actually just the guests and co-hosts. I <laughs> In spite of me, the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. And until tomorrow, guys, happy, happy free, free travels. travels.